Hey, everybody. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining us. We had a seamless simulcast this morning. Thank you so much for joining us. It is Wednesday, and it's We're Pink Wednesday, right? And it's Wednesday, January 29th, 2020. And I'm saying that because we digitally record everything. So 20 years from now, 80 years from now, when they replay this broadcast somewhere, I want it to be known that it's January 29th, 2020. And what a day. What a, what an, what a day this has been. What a year this has been. Are you all like just out there with me or am I here by myself? What a year this has been, y'all. I mean, you can't say 2020 got out to a roaring start. It's just, it's like, wow. It's like, wow. <laughs> I mean, Kobe crashed in a helicopter with eight other people, right? But then it looks like we're headed into World War III from January 3rd. We've been unstable ever since. Then a virus that China looks like they're spreading this virus everywhere. This virus is showing up every part of the world. So it cannot be unintentional. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it, it reminds me of the bird flu. Anybody remembers the bird flu a few years ago? Remember in the mid-2000s, the bird flu? That was not, that was just not something that just happened. That was a contagion virus. Well, it's the same thing with this coronavirus that some people are associating with corona beer. has nothing to do with the beer. But just think about it. This virus is showing up every part of the world. Every part of the world, somebody is showing it. Now, British Airways has canceled flights to China. America is considering canceling flights to China. I don't know why we are considering it. We should have done so. Because you don't know. They're spraying people. Who knows what they're spraying you before you get on a plane? Who knows what the heck is in that spray that they're spraying on you, right? I mean, just think about it. It's crazy. China is up to something. If they can't get you militarily, if they can't get you economically, they're going to get you somehow. I don't trust China. I don't trust them. I think China has always wanted to be a world leader, and I think they're achieving it somehow. And it didn't help that we Westerners are so greedy we went and invested money in China to exploit their labor and workforce, and this is how we get. And this is how we pay for it, right? I mean, it's the craziest thing. Then yesterday, there's this earthquake out in Jamaica, in the coast off Jamaica, between Jamaica, the Cayman Islands, and Cuba, which affected other Caribbean islands. I was told there was an earthquake in Trinidad, which is on the other side of the Caribbean, closer to South America. And just a few weeks ago, there was an earthquake in, in, in Puerto Rico that produced severe aftershocks. And you got to ask yourself, an earthquake, the epicenter of which was in the sea, six miles down, which isn't really that deep. I was worried about aftershocks and, and a tsunami that, thank God, did not occur. So shout out to you all. Thanks for all your prayers that everybody is safe and have checked in safely. Earthquakes are no joke. They, they're not like a tornado or any other weather system that gives you some warning that they're coming, right? Typically, by the time you find out, you already feel it. You see what I mean? So earthquakes are no joke, right? And earthquakes, is, it's one of those weather catastrophes that actually, absolutely, actually numbs me. Just thinking about it numbs me because there's nothing I can do about it. You know what I mean? It's not like a tornado. You can drive away, right? Rain or hurricanes, you can move away from that. 
flooding drive away, go somewhere else where there's no flooding, but an earthquake, I just hear the word and I'm I'm like, I'm frozen in place, right? Years ago when I lived in an apartment, I lived in a tower, right? And I was on the 16th floor. It was here in Michigan. Uh, and uh, when the we had an earth movement, it was like in the spring and I felt the building shake. I moved out. <laughs> I did not like it. I did not like it. I was like, mm, not for me, not for me. I like good old terra firma. <laughs> and so, you know, you have to, what is called triggers. Well, one of the when I heard about Kobe's crash, my mind went back to about 20 years ago. I lived in a small country. And one of the ways for getting around, one of the more efficient ways for getting around from one point to the other was by small craft, small aircraft. And I was flying in from one city to the other. And it was foggy, just like what they experienced. It was deep fog. And the pilot apparently got lost. So they began using what they called instruments flying, which means that they rely on their instruments. Once they plot their flight path, they rely on the instruments to tell them if they're approaching the destination. Well, this pilot might not have known how to use instruments. Guess what? We got lost and ended up in Cuban airspace. Then because we had been flying longer than was than the, the path that the flight was scheduled for, there was no pressure in the cabin. So we are thousands of miles above the land, above the mountains, and the mountains were over 7,000 feet high. And we could, I couldn't see the mountains, we were that high, right? And there was no air in the cabin. And everybody began, it felt like there was a screeching sound inside of your ear and we start I remember most of us had headaches and were dizzy and some of us began bleeding from our ears and our noses so much so that by the time we landed and he found his way back to his destination by the time he landed there were ambulances on the tarmac because we had landed it was so bad the worst part was coming back down because as long as you were up there, all you experienced was just the headache and the dizziness and the sharp pain. But coming back down into airspace, oh, my God, I thought I had lost my head. I was so dizzy. When I landed, they wanted to take me to the hospital, and I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm fine. I probably should go check that out now. <laughs> right? So I do understand about flying in, in small craft in mountainous areas. I, I guess we'll never really know what happened. I guess this was predestined. Yeah. And I guess that's what we have to accept about it. We need to accept it and move on, that it has happened and there is nothing that we can do to reverse it. Asking all the questions and wondering why is prolonging the acceptance and the grief process because it's irreversible. It's not death and the loss are not replaceable. It's not reversible. Once it happens, it's already gone. The hardest part is acceptance. Of course, the only thing they can do is provide some sort of guidance to other air travelers who will perhaps use that mode of transportation. Don't fly in fog. Don't try to be a hero and think your flying skills can get you out of foggy, mountainous terrain. Don't be a hero like that idiot who had flown us years ago and was trying to be a hero. You see what I mean? Don't. There are some things that you have to recognize are just man-made. And a helicopter carrying nine people is heavy, right? 
the, 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 the things on top of it, the rotors are heavy and the fog makes it heavy. So don't try to be a hero. So trying to ratify and, and come to grips with it, it is what it is. It's done. I am very sorry. It's irreversible. The loss is unquantifiable. We cannot replace the lives of those innocent folks, the children, and the whole family disappearing, a whole family killed, right? And the children, those young people, not getting a chance to live out their dreams and live out their lives. It's Wednesday. Three days later, we, we need to move forward. It's not moving on so much as it's moving forward, accepting that it's, a, it's the most painful thing and the most painful reality. We still woke up Monday morning wondering if it was a dream on Sunday. And there are going to be days like that. And for many of us, the loss of him triggered losses that we had experienced in our own private lives. So there's nothing that can be done. It's hard. But trust me, coming from someone who has experienced loss, it's hard. When my mother was dying, and three weeks before she died, the group of doctors, they were the chief oncologist at Henry Ford Hospital in Detroit, shout out to them. They're the best oncology team this side of heaven. If, you, if your parent or someone you know is ill, go see them. The chief oncologist, the blood cancer specialist, the heart specialist, when they all gathered and said, Harriet, go home and prepare your family. We have done everything that medicine could do for your mom. Trust me, it was heartbreaking, and it was unquantifiable. I, I did not, could not put the words lost and my mother and mom in the same sentence. I still struggle with that. But you know what? It was irreversible. There was nothing that I could do to stop it. It happened. And when she finally passed, I was by her side. I was holding on to her and calling her name, telling her to stay, telling her to come back. But it was written for her to go. And I could not stop the force of life. Do you see what I'm saying? So we have to process in our processing, accept that there are some things like death that are out of our control, but we speak life. But here is the difference. While we are here, let's make a difference. Let's live like he did. He lived life to the fullest. He used every day. He used every skill and harnessed every skill and willpower that he had to make a greatness out of playing a ball. Most of us disparage against ball players because to us, it's just moving a ball around on a court. I never understood the fascination about it. I could never see it. But what I have come to accept and appreciate is that anyone can move a ball around on a court, but there are only few who are exceptional at it, only few. And it takes grit, determination, and practice to become great. Most people want to be great because they want the spotlight. But have you put in the work? Have you done the work that is required? Have you practiced? Have you rehearsed? Have you done it over and over? It's, it's, it's like people are saying to me, when is your book coming, your next book coming out? When is the book coming out? And I'm like, great books are not written overnight. I can't just 
write something and push it out there just because. I want to, I have to write something that is truly reflective of the story, but it also has to be great. I have thrown that and tossed up that draft many times, many, many times. I'm, I think I'm on the fifth draft. It might be the tenth draft. I'm like, mm, I don't like that. Start over. Mm. I'm in the tenth draft. Why? Because something truly great takes time. It takes years, my friends. People are pursuing success and running after success, especially young folks, right? The younger generation. And they think that it is supposed to happen overnight. No, it's not. My youngest daughter wants to study medicine. I told her from the beginning, it's a laborious course, and it takes time. She's like, that's me all day. She's already made up in her mind. She'll be 31 before she can get married. She's already made up in her mind. She has already accepted that she has to start at the bottom, so she learns compassion to deal with people at all levels, people of all socioeconomic statuses, people of all levels. She has already said, I'm going to start at the bottom to learn what it is. And she's going to start taking blood, being a CNA, and start working it up until she gets to where she wants to be, right? She says, when, and last night she reminded me, she looked at me and she said, Mom, when it's all said and done, it's going to be Dr. Anna, neurologist, MD. So I said, okay. But she recognizes at 17, it's going to take many years to do that. I think most of us see success. And we think it's overnight. You see all these stars and you think they just arrived there. We need to start telling the backstory. People need to start telling their backstory so that a group of folks will not think that success happens overnight. Success doesn't happen overnight. Success is a laborious process. There's a man who I'm going to talk about in the story I have today named Elon Musk. Elon Musk is an immigrant from South Africa. So they like to talk about immigrants not doing anything. He actually came to Canada to go to school, but then discovered that he could get into a school here in the U.S. in Pennsylvania. So he came across. Well, by 1999, Elon Musk and his brother developed what is called a zip file. Remember how we used to send files and you attach it and it, if it was zipped, you couldn't, you couldn't open it? Remember that? Well, that was their software. When they sold it, he made 300 and odd million dollars. He was well on his way to becoming a billionaire. You know when that was? 1999. Do you see what I'm saying? So if he's a billionaire today and a self-made one, he started at zero with nothing. And now he's something, right? He's one of those. He's one of the primary architects of artificial intelligence. He saw this from way back then that this was where Intelligent that this was where technology was going. He became an investor in it. He saw where this was going. Do you see what I'm saying? So people like to look back at people's success. And when you see the shiny new model all cleaned up and polished for the cameras, everybody says, I want that. And I want to be like that. But you don't know the story behind their glory. Successful people wear a glow. But if you really look underneath it, you're going to see tears and blood and sweat and grit. You're going to see heartaches and hardships and failures. Every great person I've ever known has had someone in their lives who has told them they would never make it. 
in fact, when I see it, I'm, I'm looking for it because I know there was someone. But you can't let other people's negative opinion define you. You have to determine that this is going to inspire me. For my ex-husband used to tell me that I would never become anybody, that I would never, be, I would never be anything. I kid you not. Listen to me very carefully. When I achieved it, you know who I called. Do you see what I'm saying? I let it push me. In those days when I was a single parent, and in those days when I had to work and support myself and my children and write at night, you know, that I made it push me and pushed me until I crossed the finish line. Sometimes you have to let the adversity work its way through you. Work through it. Do it. Get on with it. But don't stop. Keep moving until you get to your dream, right? It's Wear Pink Wednesday. So I just want you to know I'm all kind of pinked out and stuff. Don't, don't, don't judge me. Y'all are looking at me. Don't judge me, right? So I want to talk about privacy. And that privacy, as we know it, is, is, is perhaps now trending to be a thing of the past. So we all became seduced, just like you and I, became seduced by the opportunity to share our stories with the public through media, such as Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. And some of us even have a Tinder profile where we go look for hookups. I am not one of them. I don't believe in dating people that I meet online. I believe in good old-fashioned, I want to see your face, <laughs> right? So, so we have, so because of that, to know one another, we had to upload photos of ourselves. I remember, anybody remembers in the early days of Facebook? Well, I was one of the late starters to Facebook. I didn't get on Facebook until 2009. And when I did, I found a whole community of people whom I went to high school with, people I haven't seen in years, Right? And it felt great to connect. And how they recognized you was by your name and by your face. Of course, it also gave us the opportunity to connect with family members who might not live where you are. So they live across the country. They might live in another country or so on. But it gave all of us a broader connection where we connected with people. Hey, we connected with people around the world, right? It's good because in one shape or form, it's good, but in another shape or form, in the age today of facial recognition, we got to understand that uploading our faces and images of us to social media sites, we don't own the rights to that. So it's something that you kind of silently have to accept. So you might go into your Facebook post, for instance, and, and, and shut it down, but It's still there. So I have my regular caller here, and I'm just going to hit it up. Hey, this is Harriet with Down to Earth. Hey. It's Bianchi, Harriet. Hi. Who is this, Dion? Hi. Bianchi. Bianchi. How are you? Yeah. All right. You You know, you got a good good topic this morning. Yeah. And uh, you're talking about Facebook. That's why I come, if you're going to... Use a picture icon of yourself. Huh? Use a high school or baby picture. Don't <laughs> use your present picture. <laughs> or really? use yeah, use something else on it, an animal or whatever. 
But let me tell you another scheme where they got a lot of people's pictures, and that was with cryptocurrency. And you had some uh, you had some sources that were selling the currency, like Kraken and uh, uh, and uh, yeah, bitcoins. So what and does you your had bank to prov- have to do with cryptocurrency? Why why was that? Well, you had to you had to provide them with a photograph oh. of you uh-huh. in order to be able to buy currency. And also to be able to withdraw them in U.S. dollars, you had to provide that type of information. And you're talking about hundreds of millions of people that was doing that. So, yes, they do have – there is pictures out there of individuals that can be used with these schemes of face recognition like you're talking about. Well, thank you for your input, fiance. I hope you call back in sometime. And, and one other thing too, let me let me give you a little tidbit. Uh, I don't know what browser you use, mm-hmm. but you should get a browser which is free, like Epic E P I C. Mm-hmm. And when you browse with that and go to a site, trackers cannot jump on you like they can if you're using Chrome and especially mm-hmm. Explorer. I don't use those. That way you protect yourself. Pardon me? Yep. I don't use them. You don't those. use them. Nope. Well, you're smart. You're smarter than a lot of people. I learned that a long time ago. They hacked yeah. my, my uh, years ago, uh, when I was uh, maybe about 10 years ago now, they hacked my, uh, through my browser, and I went and mm-hmm. got a Mac, and I haven't turned back. Okay. They hacked well, my browser, you, and I haven't turned back. Yeah. Right. Well, for those who haven't, you know, that, that browser, EPIC, is good. Uh, and you can tell if you use a uh, track cleaner like Hitman or if you use CC Clean or something like that, and you run it, it comes back and say no threats found when you use that wow. browser. But as soon as you as soon as you log on using Chrome and you turn wow. around and use a virus cleaner, it comes back and say you got 30 trackers on your mm-hmm. computer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah, they're real terrible. All right. Well, thank you so much for your contribution. Oh, one other thing, too. Uh I mean, I'm just going to give you some information. Mm -hmm. You know how you can subscribe with companies like that uh, take withdrawals, payments every month through withdrawals? Yeah. Okay. If you get – you should set up a savings account that has very little money in it. You know, yeah. like uh, like $10, $20, $30. If you got a $10 a month uh, payment toward like Planet Fitness, well, put mm-hmm. that $40 in it. Okay. But here's the thing. If you ever decide to, uh, especially if you use your debit card, if uh-huh. you ever decide, if you ever decide to cut them off, uh-huh. they can continue to collect the mm-hmm. money, even if you go out and get a new debit card with a new debit yeah. card number, because mm-hmm. it's tied to that ACH checking account. Yeah. So you gotta, you have to cancel that checking account and cancel mm-hmm. the debit card in order yeah. to keep them from continuing. And they will do it too. Yeah, yeah, they do. All right, useful yeah. info. Thanks so much, Beyonce. See you again. Sure. Right? Bye bye. All right. Thank you. Well, that was some useful information. He's suggesting 
that you all use some secure browser when you're surfing the web. How many of you are guilty of using Microsoft Internet Explorer? Are you still using Internet Explorer? You know Internet Explorer is like opening your front door. I stopped using that 10 years ago because I'm a writer. Uh, I noticed that whenever I logged on, I would always have cookies and they tried to crash my laptop and so on. So I went and got a MacBook. And actually, I on my MacBook, when I got it, there was uh, a website that I frequented submitting my manuscript. And it couldn't accommodate Safari. True story. It couldn't accommodate Safari. So I had to download Chrome on my MacBook. Somehow doing that invited uh, trackers, what they call cookies. You see those pop-ups that say cookies? Well, it invited a hacker to come in, and they hacked my MacBook. But it's a MacBook. So you know what happened. It just shut itself down, and it crashed. When I say crashed, it just, it just didn't work. So <laughs> I was crying. I had to call the Apple Store and stuff, and they walked me through how to reboot it. And since then, I use a MacBook. I use Safari. Now, I have other laptops that I use, but those, I don't do searches. So if I have to research something, I use my MacBook or my iPad because those browsers are, have more firewalls. One of the best tools that you can use if you're going to ever search the Internet, instead of using your laptop, is use your phone, especially if you have an iPhone because that browser has more firewalls. Even your Android device has more firewalls that prevents trackers from accessing your information. One of the things that I recorded when the caller called in, Piante called in, was this. He said that, for those of us who have automatic payments, you know, you have your gym membership and you have other stuff that you have those automatic payments. I've always been an advocate of not using your primary account. I've always been an advocate of using a debit card not associated with your primary account. It's just security because they track you. And you don't know who the banks are selling your information to. Let's just be clear. You don't know who has access to what and who is doing what, right? So we're in the age of facial recognition here in Detroit, we had a big problem with, with, with facial recognition because the Detroit Police Department had announced that it was using it to catch a killer. That's my next book. After, after the fire, my next book is going to be Catch a Killer. You're going to help me write this book because I'm going to post it and I invite your comments and you're going to tell me how to end the book, Catch a Killer, right? So look out for it. It's not going to happen for a while, though. Right, But Detroit Police Department actually announced that they were using facial recognition uh, uh, technology in order to catch killers, shooters, and people who like to shoot people up and leave their bodies in the street. As you know, Detroit is the most violent city in the United States. We have a problem with rampant police violence, so much so that the Detroit Police Department recently announced that they're imposing checkpoints where they're just randomly pulling people over. I think they have inside information and do checkpoints to see what kind of weapons people have. And people in the city uh, have been packing, as they call it. They have guns. But what got to the public was that the spatial recognition software was being used on an unsuspecting public without us knowing about it. So if you went to the gas station, your face was captured on a camera. So if something happens and they can't catch a killer or a robber or a rapist, they were going to take all that data and run it through their facial recognition software to use it. Can I just be honest with you? The FBI has been using that for years anyway. That's how they were catching serial killers. They were taking composite sketches 
and running it through software that we didn't know they had. But that's how they were catching killers. That's why the FBI said, if the FBI said, if you did it, they they know you did it because they found it. They found they found it, right? So now, in this age, what we are realizing is that well, most of us we're not killers, we're not rapists, we're not robbers. We're just ordinary folks going about our ordinary lives, right? But because we have uploaded images of ourselves to Facebook. And most of us, if you have a Google account, especially those of you who use Android devices, that's why I like Apple. Hi. Because Apple says what happens on your iPhone stays on your iPhone. Google, whatever happens on Google, stays on Google. About a year ago, Google sent me an email asking me if I wanted to be verified on Google. I was like, okay, it's going to boost my profile. Why not? But for that, listen to this. This is where it gets interesting. For them to verify me, they wanted me to take a selfie of myself with my government-issued photo ID. Ladies and gentlemen, check this out. On my government-issued photo ID, my hairstyle was different. At the time, I was wearing braids. To me, I looked different. Not to facial recognition software. When I uploaded that picture, Google didn't send it back and say, this is not a photo of the person known as Harriet Kemmer. No, they didn't. They verified me. They said, it's her. This is her. Check that out, right? So if you think, so as the caller said, change your icon to, but they, the problem is they already have it in their database. They already have your photos in your database. People say, change it to a potted plant, you know, your pet, whatever, whatever. But they have already added it. You'd have to delete all your photos across the space. Now, I don't know about you, but I have too many photos. And if you want to know what you sound like and look like, Google yourself and see what shows up. There are going to be photos of you that you have uploaded to unsuspecting websites. So you got to ask the question. Here's the thing that I ask. What gives? Why are they so interested in collecting photos of our faces? It can't just be for criminal enterprises. It can't just be that they're trying to catch a killer and so on. Because, frankly, law enforcement, right, let's just be clear, they're not stupid. Law enforcement knows where to go look for criminals. They're not looking at you and I. When they want to catch a rapist, a serial killer or something, they don't look at you and I because they profile us already. Uh, Police are always around us. Undercover people are always around us. Undercover FBI agents are because they profile us. They know exactly what you are. You're just an ordinary person just going about your life. They can tell. Your whole body language just tells them you have nothing to hide. So let's be clear that this is not about law enforcement trying to collect and amass a data, a database of people's faces in the event that something happens. No, that's not true because 99% of the population are not thieves, murderers, or rapists, or serial killers. Let's just be clear about that, right? It must be for another reason, and that's what we really need to figure out. It's just like everybody is doing, sending in your DNA, doing a, a swab and sending your DNA to find out who you're related to. I'm good. I already know who I'm related to. She died. And before she died, <laughs> she and her mother made sure they told me how I got to be here. So I tell my children how they got to be here. I'm not about to send my DNA for it to be included in a database 
attached to your face with your name. Are you all listening to me? Right? Are you all hearing what I'm saying? Right? Are, uh, police are now using any excuse to arrest arrest you to arrest you on deception, right? I am not about to attach my DNA to anything in a database. I don't believe in it. So go ask really famous people if they're doing it. If they're not doing it, you shouldn't because they have access to better information and are more informed about these kinds of things. There's got to be an ulterior motive why they are doing it. Because maybe they always thought about it, or maybe when it presented itself, they're like, wow, we have all this information. We have all these faces. Let's see who people are related to. It's okay. I'm good. <laughs> right? It's not to protect me. It's got to be for another reason. Now, I learned something recently that I never knew, and it's that Nazi Germany, you know, a few days ago they were celebrating the 75th anniversary of the closing of Auschwitz. Auschwitz is the, 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 the camp where Hitler burned people alive, right, under a racist ethnogenocide, stupid, stupid ideology, right? Okay. You know what I learned? That you're not going to believe this. This is going to blow you away. Do you know that Nazi Germany based their ethnogenocide on the policies, the Jim Crow laws of the American South. Did you all know that? The segregation of people and the separation of people and the rounding up of people to rid the South, the American countryside, of what they deemed that black people were unworthy to live. That's where Nazi Germany based their ideology on. You think that left? They ain't seen my face, nor are they going to get my DNA. I already know who I'm connected to and how I got here. Thank you to the folks who made sure they were told me. I don't need a DNA to confirm that. I already know. Right? Do you see what I'm saying? So this is going somewhere. Now, a few months ago, last year, even Elon Musk gave a, a, a speech in which he said, the greatest threat to the world is artificial intelligence. He should know. He was one of the architects. And he said, we're not paying enough attention to what artificial intelligence can do. In other words, what I'm saying is, y'all get this? I just feel like if they collect all our, what our faces look like, they're just going to make some robots that look like us. So this will be Harriet driving down the street, and there is a robot who looks like me. Yeah? How you feel about that? Some of you are all laughing. No, don't laugh. But what if the robot looks like you? So if they're collecting all this facial recognition, they're not collecting it because the government thinks we're all criminals and inherently criminals. No, they're creating an army of robots. Somebody is doing it. They're creating an army of robots that look like you. So if we're all annihilated, the whole place is going to be filled with robots who look human and have human characteristics. Yeah? It's going somewhere. Ladies and gentlemen, this, these things don't happen in a vacuum. It's not just happening because they just want to collect people's faces. There's got to be a reason. So what are you all going to do? Are you all going to uh, erase your photos? Here's the deal. They already got it. If you press delete, 
you by now you know when you press delete on your computer doesn't mean it's deleted. <laughs> you may not see it, but it's stored somewhere. I'm a believer that all our computer servers, our individual laptops, our tablets, and our phones, it's all connected to someone's server. You don't believe me? In today's world of law enforcement, right, and crime fighting, one of the tools they use is the technology available on your cell phone. So not only can they triangulate where your phone last was, but they can retrieve your text messages that you might have sent to others. How they retrieve it is not from your phone, it's from the carrier. So the carrier stores all the data on your phone, which means everything that you send on your phone, your cell phone carrier has it stored. You better all start using home Wi-Fi. <laughs> or better yet, let's go back to the day and time when we wanted to communicate and we would get two cans together and put a piece of wire in between it and said, hey, can you hear me now? <laughs> I kid you not. Everything is interlinked. I have MacBooks. So my MacBook, I synced it to my iPad and my iPhone. I thought it would be easier, so if I'm sitting at my MacBook, I can answer a text message. But then I became aware that you have a web browser open. I don't know what kind of cookies are crawling through it to retrieve my text messages. I became especially paranoid when my children were younger. They've grown now, so I've kind of grown out of it. But the truth is, when my children were younger, especially my baby daughter, and when I began talking about human trafficking, and I became aware that traffickers have sophisticated tools of surveillance. I wear an Apple Watch. I have an Apple Watch connected to that's connected to my iPhone. I have a new iPhone, the new 11 Pro Max. It doesn't like my Apple Watch. It won't sync with it. So help me God. I don't know what to do because I like it because it's pink. You know me and the pink stuff going on, right? And I have I began to suspect something about my Apple Watch and I stopped wearing it but I haven't deleted it because I'm like, it's too connected, right? It's too connected. My iPad, my, and I'm like, there's something going on here. And similarly with those of you who use Android devices, everything is linked, right? Your tablet is linked to your Samsung uh, t uh, laptop, is linked to your phone. And that interconnectedness gives Google access to everything. It's like we know now that you don't search for things in Google because they keep your storage history. Even when you change the settings, they still retain it. So what I'm saying is our privacy has been long gone. Uh, we do what is called in insurance underwriting subrogation. We subrogated our rights to the search engines and to the social media platforms when we signed up with them. I guarantee it was written in the fine print. We just didn't read it but it's written somewhere in the fine print. So we don't have as much control as we thought. Now, by the time they start using this artificial intelligence, maybe it's not in my lifetime, I don't know. I think they're working on it actively. And I think eventually they're gonna try it out, right? I think eventually you're going to find out at some point along the line that we've been dealing with robots that look like humans, perform like humans, but are really not humans. I think that's where this is all going. 
if they can get all our faces in the hodgepodge and in the family of human faces, this is what people look like who live in this region. This is what people look like who are of this ethnicity. Because we're all unique, aren't we? We're all unique. We're not run-of-the-mill, you know, so-and-so. We are unique. Our DNA tells us that, how unique we are. People believe they were, you know, they're descendants of one group of people, and then their DNA says, actually, nah, you're descendants of some other people. Right? So this is where it's going. So privacy, what privacy? The minute you signed up for a social media platform, you subrogated your rights to privacy. Just accept that. The minute you got a cell phone that is a smartphone, unless you want one of those government phones from way back, those are the safest phones ever because they couldn't capture anything. They didn't have a camera. And in, in today's world, surveillance is part of crime fighting. In every major city of the world, there are surveillance cameras on every block. This is why when it, it amazes me when people are committing crimes. I'm like, how dumb can you be? Because they're going to find you. <laughs> because there was a surveillance camera somewhere nearby. They can even activate the camera and the microphone that is in your cell phone if they want to. So I know they're listening because yesterday, my youngest daughter is of this generation, Generation Z. They know everything. So, you know, you have a problem, you just hand it to them. And you're like, what are you all kids all talking about? You all know how to figure this out. And she said to me that she was talking on the phone and she felt like having an Oreo McFlurry from McDonald's. Well, you know what popped up on her Instagram feed? Ads of Oreo McFlurry. She's like, I just talked about it. She was talking to a friend. And there is the ad popping up on her Instagram feed. So she said, Mom, look at this. This is crazy. I tell you, they're listening to our phone calls. I said, yeah, they activate the microphone. And what they do is they have data sets with matching words. It's advertisers who are also pushing this. Did you guys know that? Advertisers, big business, are also pushing this. They want to maximize their money as much as possible. So if you are talking on the phone and you say, man, I'm hungry. I feel like drinking some soup from Panera. All of a sudden, ads from Panera just start popping up. A few weeks ago, my daughter and I were driving down the street, and I was teaching her to drive. Don't attempt that. Don't. It, it's the most treacherous thing I've ever done is teach my children to drive. I don't know why that is a required function. You ever wonder sometimes why I don't like being, and I said to, you know, I was praying. I was saying, Lord, why? Why you didn't send me a husband? Because I, I can't do this stuff. It's terrifying, right? And while she was driving, she kept saying, I hate these pickup trucks. I hate pickup truck drivers. They're so aggressive. They're so, and this was me. I said, but you know, that Ram truck is sexy. And I said, pull up beside it. When she pulled up beside it, I kept admiring the lines. And I was saying it. I was like, oh, my God, this truck is beautiful. And I was like, ooh, look at the screen. And I said, you know something, maybe I need to go test drive one. My friends. When I went to Twitter, what do you think popped up on my Twitter feed? Ads for Ram trucks. Went over to Instagram. What popped up? Ads for Ram trucks. On my Facebook feed, ads for Ram trucks. So they activate the microphones 
in our phones so that they can hear what we're saying. It wasn't as if I went on my browser and said www.ramtrucks.com. No, I didn't. All I did, I'm, I'm in the car having a conversation with my daughter. We talk about me and my children. We talk about all kinds of stuff. You, in your own world, when you're talking to your family, don't you talk about stuff? You talk about everything. Have you ever talked about CDs and you wonder what good rates they're giving on CDs and all of a sudden Bank of America pops up with an ad? Have you talked about buying stocks? And man, that stock looks good. Maybe I should go back to all of a sudden ads pop up a stock, right? Privacy is gone. They are listening to us. And what they have done is they have created data sets, what we call keywords, that listen to what you're saying and so on. If you don't believe me, I don't know what, uh, what, what uh, uh, digital assistant exists on Android devices, but on iPhones, it's Siri. You all have iPhones. Raise your hands. You slowly are raising your hands. Okay. Have you noticed in the last year or two that Siri just randomly activates? Have you guys noticed? So my iPad is not something I walk around with because it's bulky, right? But sometimes I will be sitting and watching TV and my iPad is near. I will hear Siri say something like, I'll get that for you just a minute. It happens even on my phone. I'm not talking to Siri. I didn't activate Siri. But all of a sudden, I'll hear Siri say, Harriet, good morning. I'm like, what? It's like, Siri, I did not talk to you. I'm sorry about that, but I heard you. Creepy. Extremely creepy. They activate the microphones in our devices have been activated, and they stay on. This is why when I'm broadcasting like this, I not just shut it off. I X out of it to shut the camera down because I don't know if it's not recording me stretching or something. I'm, I kid you not. And, and, and we should be mindful of these things because it's almost like technology has invaded our home. I think we're all going to find ourselves going into safe spaces in our home, right? And have a safe space where there's no technology where you can go in there and talk about whatever you want to talk about because they're listening, right? They're listening. I know they're listening because they're profiling. I might have said something about the president. It must have been good because all of a sudden I'm getting ads to text 80022 to show support for, for the president. And I'm like, what? <laughs> right? I kid you not. I kid you not. Yesterday I called Sprint and said I'm going to change my cell phone provider I said, I'm probably going to do Metro PCS all of a sudden I'm popping up with that. Because I'm like, I'm paying doodle amount of money for sucky service anyway. And you all offer the same service anyway. So what am I paying so much money per month for? And my, my daughter was like, uh, what kind of phone are you going to get? An iPhone 6? <laughs> She's like, you can leave us out of that one. <laughs> She's like, we like our 11 Pro Max. With, You know, it's today's generation. They're constantly taking photos of themselves. You and I, not so fast. We're still kind of like, I don't know if I want this private moment to be made public. (laughs) My daughter joked yesterday and she said most of her friends will talk about how their mothers or their parents have pictures of them on their Instagram page. And she's like, not my mom. She doesn't have pictures of me 
as a baby or as a child on her Instagram page. And I've been on Instagram for a long time, from 2011, right? And I was like, I was trying to protect you. And she said, yeah, but all my friends have their baby pictures up there. Where can they? And I'm like, no, it's a thing with me. And she's like, you realize I'm almost 18. And I said, yeah, well, when you turn 18, go put your pictures up on your page. (laughs) Duh. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't win. Can you? You just simply can't win. And I'm trying, and I've been trying to have this conversation for years about privacy. I'm a fervent believer that nothing gets deleted. Nothing. You can lose laptops. In fact, they have hacked me when I, it's one of the reasons why I ended up with Mac, with the Mac is because they hacked me so many times that I just got so fed up. I was like, okay, I'm done. They hacked even my home Wi-Fi and like, I'm done, right? I even had to ask, you know, that, that group on Twitter, Anonymous, I even had to ask one time for help. I can do not. They're hackers. I had to ask them once for help. I'm like, I keep getting hacked and they told me what to do. I, I've gotten hacked by people in various parts of the world because people can imitate uh, IP addresses wherever, if they know a good hacker knows how to do that. So I have one, I have a computer, most of which I don't search online. I have one that I use for YouTube. I don't use, uh, I don't, I don't search anything on in that one because I feel like they can access it. I think that Macs have probably have better firewalls, but they are hacked into that now. So nothing is safe. So if you want to talk about how can you prevent your privacy or how can you safeguard your privacy, there really is no way. You don't have a choice. You have a phone. There is a microphone in that phone that is activated. Right? You have the camera is activated so they can see you. A friend told me this years ago. This was back in 2009 that they have technology that there is an app on your phone that you can't see that activates the camera and the microphone without you knowing. This was back in 2009. I thought it was fantastic then, right? I was using an, I think I was using the touchscreen Blackberry. Remember that? Y'all remember that? And he was talking about apps and so on that were only, you know, you thought it was only the iPhone that I, so for a while I was like, I'm cool with my Blackberry. But then it, they, they started making Blackberry not work. You remember the BBM Blackberry Messenger? Oh, I thought that was the coolest thing where you could talk to someone who had another BlackBerry. I thought that was the coolest thing. Well, iPhone said, you know what? I'm going to mess that all up. So at this point, I don't trust any of them. I think the government gives them incentive to, to spy on us, to capture our data. I, don't, I can't say that I really blame them. They want to know who you are, where you are, and what you're doing. What are you doing? Are you a threat to public safety? So it's kind of like, okay the 21st century way of keeping the peace okay, right? But what I, it's not so much the government that I worry about because at least you know what they're going to do. It's about two things, security and safety with the government. It's the private enterprise. They're the ones you need to watch, the sharks. Because you see those sharks in corporate boardrooms, they're the ones who are going to come up with ideas that they're going to take your DNA and fashion it out in a robot and create a robot that looks like you and then they can off you because you don't have any value anymore. They created a robot that can do like you and replicate you. That's who you need to worry about. The government is, too, like I said, is what, what they're going to do. They want to know if you're 
state you're a risk, you're a security risk, or you're safe. Oh, so you're okay? Okay, stay over there. But private enterprise, when they think, think about it. They don't want to pay workers money. So what are they going to do eventually? Is have what? Robots that look like people. Not the mechanized robots, but robots that look like people and act like people. That's what you need to worry about. Have all these conspiracy theories about the government, this and the government. The government is <laughs> the government is laughing. At least you're safe with them. <laughs> At least you know what they're going to do. It's the private enterprise. It's those who have a vested interest. Does the government have a vested interest? No. You're worth anything to the government? No. The government is have to pay money to keep you safe. I have to pay money when you get old, pay you social security so you can live. I have to pay your medical bills. The government is like, you're more expensive to me and a liability to me than anything. But to private enterprise who does not like to spend money, who has to pay out money and benefits, they are the ones who are collecting all this data to make robots that look like human beings so they can have robots. So you go into Subway and it will be a robot that says, hi. My name is John, and I can make your sandwich. And you go into a store, you go to Starbucks, and it's a robot. Instead of the robot looking like a robot with a robotic voice, the robot is going to say, hi, I'm Karen. I'm your barrister today. Uh, what can I get for you? And your coffee will just drop out of your hand. You go to the doctor, and the doctor's assistant is a robot who says, I am Jenna, medical assistant, and I'm going to take your blood pressure today. You go to the bank, and the teller is going to be, hi, I'm Ashley. How can I help you today? That's where this is going. That's why they're collecting our faces. They're not telling you, but that's what it is. And that's why Elon Musk said that's what you need to watch, artificial intelligence. It's artificial because it's not natural. It's not, man, it's not this. This is not man-made. You are not man-made. You were created when your mom and papa got together. God had a design for human beings to inhabit the earth, and he put some people down here, and he said, y'all go have sex and procreate and multiply. We are the end result. So we are the natural. Artificial is what is man-made and what they're going to make. Can we change it? Is it done? It's finished. They've already done it. We're late. We should have thought about this 30 years ago. We should have thought about this 40 years ago and stopped it then. It's too late. Millions and billions of dollars have been invested in this. And companies are looking at it. Owners and CEOs of companies and shareholders are looking at it and saying it's a viable investment because that means I won't have to pay out benefits. So what's going to happen to the friendly robot? Well, the robot has to replicate human beings, right? So the robot has to live in a robot colony, get behind the wheel of a car, drive to work, you see where this is going? So the police is going to pull over and think he's dealing with a regular John Joe Blow and he's a robot. The police might even be a robot himself. 
they probably are laughing at you and I because they probably have this practice and are simulating these already. We're just tardy to the party. And big business is laughing at us. And we are sitting worrying about Kobe dying in a helicopter crash, worrying about the Grammys and the Super Bowl, and they keep us entertained so we can never sit down and think. Dangerous when you sit down and think because then you can figure it all out. This is why I tell you all, when you go to bed at night, shut the TV off. Do you know, I had problems with sleeping, by the grace of God. Thank you, Jesus. I had problems sleeping. Do you know that when I removed the TV from my bedroom, I haven't slept so beautifully in years. I can't begin to tell you. Just thinking about my bedroom, I want to sleep. Because it's so peaceful since I took the TV out. There's not a radio in there. I, ha- I take my phone in at night because it's a form of communication. But I don't have a TV in my bedroom anymore. And I haven't slept this good in years. Look at my eyes. No bags. Because when the TV was in, I would use the TV to make me fall asleep and put it on sleep, right? And then the images. They, they've been talking about this for years. The images just keep playing across your mind at toss and turn and you wake up. So I said, okay, maybe if what you watch on TV just before you go to bed, so stop watching certain things. It didn't matter. The imaging, the lighting off the screen it was what did it. Because even when your TV's off, is it really off? Nah, they're still watching you. Thank you. Right? So... What you all going to do? It's irreversible. You can't do anything about it. They've already have prototypes of people looking like you and me. Probably not me so much because they would have to go through a lot. But they're studying our faces. And they're determining what people are going to look like, what robots should look like. They're going to create it. Hitler's ideology never dies. They're just fine-tuning it and repackaging it and replacing it in a different way because they see some merit to it. Y'all not saying anything. That's why you have to be careful and be on guard. Shut the TVs off, y'all. Start talking. And more importantly, start thinking. When you watch the evening news and you watch certain news programs, you need to stop at the end of the night before you go to sleep Shut all the communication off, and just think, right? Privacy. What's that? That was 1980s, <laughs> right? Stay tuned, everybody. Make sure that you keep uh, talking to us. Listen to our remaining podcasts on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and other podcast platforms. Thank you so much for being a part of my experience on this Wednesday morning. Wear pink Wednesday. Guess what? Real men wear pink. Say that. Real men wear pink. Real men wear pink. Thanks, everybody. Thank you so much. This is Harriet Kamek with Down to Earth reminding you to have a Down to Earth day. Be blessed. Right? Can you all believe that, though? Imagine if they actually